Welcome to episode 170 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about the supply chain disruptions. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as supply chain disruptions, ivermectin, tyranny, how to destroy America, or the unvaccinated comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest Podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. What do you know about all the container ships parked off the coast of America? It's all over the news, regardless of where you get yours. Headlines scream, empty Christmas stockings this year, or supply chain shock, supply chain bottleneck, log jam disruptions, and any other word their thesaurus offers up at the moment. In Los Angeles and Long Beach, California, where 40% of all exports into the United States comes through, as much as half a million shipping containers wait unopened, and as many as 60 cargo ships wait to dock. In Savannah, Georgia, the third largest port in the U.S., over 20 ships sit waiting to anchor at the dock. According to the New York Times, there are almost 80,000 shipping containers, 50% more than usual, being left at the Port of Savannah's terminal as they wait to be delivered either to their final destinations or to warehouses that are already filled to the brim. You see similar episodes occurring in other ports around the country like Charleston, South Carolina, and New Orleans. As you watch or read the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media, you will notice one question keeps popping up, that being, what is to blame? Now, I want to pause here for a moment and point out a nuance to this. The media now frames everything as, what is to blame, for your fill-in-the-blank, rather than framing the question, who is to blame, as they did during Trump's four years in office. The answer, of course, was always, Trump is to blame for everything. So according to the no-credibility media, what is to blame for the supply chain disruptions? Well, COVID, of course. The LA Times conjured up this word salad. The pandemic whirled up a toxic brew of forces that triggered and then exacerbated the shipping logjam. The Delta variant is thrown around in most stories and articles, making excuses for the problem and the obligatory finger-pointing at the unvaccinated. They never explain how the unvaccinated are causing problems with ships, shipping containers since they seem to spread the virus at a lower rate than do the vaccinated, and they seem to be more resistant to variants. But nonetheless, they are obligated to perpetrate the war on the unvaxxed. The implication, of course, is that if these people would stop being selfish and take the vaccine, the whole world's problems would magically vanish. We are told about worker shortages in all industries, but related to this topic in particular, it's truck drivers and warehouse workers. When it comes to truckers, you will read and hear pundits talk about how the average age of U.S. truckers is 55, and they are aging off the job. 
Others blame the insane federal unemployment benefits, which ended in September, for the shortages of truck drivers and warehouse workers. I don't dispute that there are worker shortages. Just like with the inflation problem, you know there's a problem. Every business you walk by has a help wanted sign in the window. Talk to any business owner or HR manager and you are likely to hear a similar story. Workers come and go very quickly these days. That's because there are some 10 million job openings. Lots of competition for that labor. So this is certainly an issue with the ports and warehouses. The reason I decided to tackle this topic is because, as is usually the case, we are not being told the whole story. The media is willfully negligent by omission. It's the same story with COVID, the Wuhan lab theory, the vaccine's efficacy, treatments like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. My contention is that this supply chain disruption is largely a self-inflicted problem. When I say self-inflicted, I mean by paying people to sit on their ass at home and play video games for over a year, artificially leaving the market with these millions of job openings, we now have a labor market where employees tend not to stick around in their new or current jobs for long because they can find a better paying or a more desirable one with relative ease, thus leaving the job market in a state of turmoil. The Wall Street Journal reports, quote, Workers are quitting at or near the highest level on record in sectors such as manufacturing, retail, and trade, transportation, and utilities, as well as professional and business services. Participation has fallen broadly across demographic groups and career fields, but has dropped particularly fast among women, workers without a college degree, and those in low-paying service industries such as hotels, restaurants, and childcare. More self-inflicted wounds in the labor market from the government is Biden's proclamation out of thin air that essentially advised employers with more than 100 employees to force their employees to get the vaccine or to fire them. So despite no law, and just between you and me, if a vaccine mandate is ever passed by Congress or Biden signs an executive order about it, it's still unconstitutional. Unless, of course, you can find the Article Section Clause in the Constitution that grants the feds the power to establish a Department of Labor and or grants them the power to get involved in the labor market at all, period. Needless to say, many large employers, almost all of which do considerable business with the federal government, are capitulating to Biden's extortion, Boeing, Michelin, Lockheed Martin, among many others. And there are more self-inflicted wounds by the federal government, specifically regarding the topic at hand. As I mentioned before, the average age for truckers is 55. The industry is having a hard time attracting new workers. A big part of the problem is the federal requirement that requires one to be 21 years old to hold an interstate commercial driver's license. This leaves a three-year post-high school gap where possible employees become distracted by new employment opportunities rather than entering the trucking industry. Yet, don't you find it odd that we allow 18- to 20-year-olds to drive and operate million-dollar equipment in the military? The federal government is so pathetically stupid. All of that is great background for this topic, but the information that I am about to share with you is what really prompted me to record this episode. Again, it's what the media is not telling you that is the real story. So I'm going to turn our attention to the state of California, which, as I mentioned earlier, receives 40% of the U.S. imports. But that's just the beginning of the story. The state's vindictive regulatory state government is the story. See, several years ago, the California legislature passed their version of the Green New Deal, part of which had a provision 
restricting trucks domiciled in California that are older than the 2011 model or using engines manufactured before 2010. These vehicles would need to meet the new truck and bus regulation. Otherwise, their vehicles are blocked from registration with the state's DMV. The result being the inability of half the nation's truckers from picking up anything from the Port of Los Angeles or the Port of Long Beach. Virtually all private owner-operator trucks and half of the fleet trucks that are used for moving containers across the nation were shut out due to this asinine law. In an effort to offset the problem, transportation companies started using compliant trucks, that is, the low-emission trucks, to take the products to the California state line where they can be transferred to non-compliant trucks who cannot enter California. However, the scale of the problem creates an immediate bottleneck that builds over time, as you can only imagine. It doesn't matter if the ports stay open working 24-7 as resident Biden has demanded. They are only going to end up with even more containers waiting on the limited amount of available trucks. Think about what we already discussed. We have worker shortages in all industries. Plus, California's artificial restriction on trucks able to move cargo. And what you get is, yet again, another government self-inflicted wound. It's completely avoidable. We already know that other ports are having problems moving cargo, but California's lawmakers are purposely making it worse. That's the part that you are not being told by the alphabet soup conspiracy media. To prove that this is completely avoidable, you may be interested to know that resident Biden does have the power to suspend these California laws, just like Trump did while he was in office. It has something to do with the law giving the EPA the power to enforce it or something. But Biden hates America and is going to do his part to take her down a notch or two, just like open borders or destroying our reputation with military allies or destroying the U.S. dollar forfeiting gains made against geopolitical foes like Russia and China, and destroying our recent energy independence stance. Seemingly every day there is something else that comes out of the White House or the National Democrats that is detrimental to the country. I've got a climate change question for you. Given that California is so concerned with climate change, passing their own Green New Deal, that essentially banned gas-driven trucks from operating within their borders, what is the impact to the environment of those huge ships idling at sea for weeks on end? Proving yet again that Democrats don't give a shit about climate change. They simply want to compile as much power as possible and control as much of our lives as possible. They are totalitarians. And the final government-induced self-inflicted wound courtesy of the state of California is the banning of non-union truck owner-operators who traditionally serve the ports. California has now banned owner-operators that are not associated with a union. So the problem is further exacerbated by yet another government-created shortage on labor, i.e. truck drivers. I think the takeaway from this episode is twofold. First, the recognition that everything the government touches turns to shit. Can you name one thing? that the federal government is involved in that is not a calamity, either more expensive, more complicated, and or less efficient than if it was run by the private sector, or full of waste, fraud, and abuse. Healthcare, welfare, social security, the border, mail delivery. Hell, that's in the Constitution and they can't even do that right. 
And now we have the Fed successfully screwing up a large majority of the labor market. If the federal government was held in its box, as defined by Article 1, Section 8, we would have none of these problems. The free market, that is capitalism, would fix every single problem over time. The second takeaway from this episode is, I encourage you to be careful where you get your news. Be skeptical of mainstream outlets. Those are the ones I call alphabet soup conspiracy media. They rarely report to you the news. When they do pretend to report, they rarely tell you the whole story, such as with the supply chain disruption. You gotta dig deeper, and I would recommend you ask two questions. Number one, what aren't they telling me? It can be as blatant as ignoring Tara Reid, or the complete media blackout of the Biden crime family and Hunter's laptop, or refusing to cover clear and obvious election improprieties, irregularities, and illegalities, to not reporting on or bad-mouthing safe, cheap, and effective therapeutic medicines that treat COVID. The second question I want you to ask yourself is, what are they up to? Because just like much of what they have reported over the last five or six years, from Russia collusion to children in cages at the border to the January 6th trespassing event, or even most recently the Border Patrol whipping migrants while on horseback, to the Facebook whistleblower, the subject of episode 169, these people have an agenda. They essentially work as the propaganda arm for the National Democratic Party, and therefore should not be trusted. And that is the truth about the supply chain disruption. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.